0: Welcome and thank you for accepting the invitation for this Bible study and reflection for June 30, 2021. It has been very humbling as well as exciting to be able to share God's word through these podcasts. So please remember to share this Bible study and reflection with your family, friends, and business associates. Let us begin in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and loving God, we thank you for your powerful word, where the love of Christ and his powerful light are on display. Help us, Lord, to not neglect your word or neglect the meek, mild, and hurting sheep of your flock. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's start today with a definition of the word neglect. It's a three-part definition, if you will. So I'm going to read those three and some examples. Number one, not to pay proper attention to, disregard. And the example is, you neglect our advice at your peril. Number two, fail to do something. And the example here is, he neglected to write to her. And finally, the third part of the definition, fail to care for properly. And the example here was the old churchyard had been sadly neglected. God's word is important on so many levels and in all aspects of our lives. What I hope to do today is to show the importance of not neglecting God's word. And if we do neglect God's word, by default, we could possibly be neglecting the needy sheep in God's flock. If we abide in God's word, we will be nourished by the unified story that leads to Jesus. It is that nourishment that will lead us away from neglect and toward care and compassion for the neglected. We could replace the word abide in the first part of this definition, which says, not pay proper attention to. The dictionary goes on to give an example, which is, you neglect our advice at your peril. And I might add, at the peril of others as well. I'm going to read a handful of scripture today that hopefully builds a foundation under this concept of neglecting God's word and neglecting others. And let's start with Psalm 119. Verses 11 through 16. I have hidden your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that came from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes, as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. And now Psalm 37, verse 31. The psalmist says, The law of their God is in their hearts. Their feet do not slip. And now turn to Romans, chapter 12, verse 2, where Paul says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Well, what is our resource for being transformed by the renewing of our mind? Where do we learn of God's will? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Well, over five billion copies of the Bible have been printed that does not even include all of the modern electronic versions that can be downloaded to our electronic devices. So there's no reason that any one of us should not be living into our church's vision of learning, loving, living God's Word. Now, by abiding in God's Word, it will help us to overcome the second part of the definition, which is failing to do something. Or, if you will, turning a blind eye to the needs of others that have been neglected. Let's turn to 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 through 17. And here the Apostle Paul is speaking to Timothy on pastoral matters. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And the final piece of the definition of neglect is fail to care for properly. In the example, of course, if you remember, is the old churchyard that has been sadly neglected. How about if we change that to the misfits and the less fortunate have been sadly neglected. And over time, Their self-esteem has been eroded, and their hearts saddened from lack of friendship. Picture, if you will, the old churchyard that has been neglected, and in your mind's eye you can see the trash in the parking lot, weeds growing up through the cracks in the parking lot and sidewalks, and dead grass where green grass used to flourish. When you equate the neglected person to the neglected churchyard, there is a stark difference. Neglect is quite evident when viewing a property such as a churchyard, but neglect is not so evident when you look at people. The trash, weeds, and dead grass resides in the hearts and minds of those that have been and are neglected. Now, in the Gospel of Matthew, let's turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. And here Jesus is speaking to Satan as he is being tempted. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And now let's turn to the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 37. This is where the angel Gabriel is speaking to Mary. For no word from God will ever fail. And now, let's bounce back to the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 11. And this is God speaking through the prophet. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will never return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Well, we have the psalmist, the apostle Paul, Jesus, Gabriel, and yes, even God himself through the prophet Isaiah, all testifying to the power of God's word. When Paul wrote his second epistle to Timothy, he was of course speaking directly to Timothy, but he also speaks to us and lets us know that God's word will thoroughly equip us to be his humble servants. The Bible is one unified story that leads to Jesus. The Bible leads us to Jesus, and Jesus leads us to a better way of life called kingdom living. He alone modeled perfect kingdom living while he was among us on earth. He was and is, and always will be, and always has been the great teacher, and we are his disciples. If we are to be his hands and feet until he returns, we must abide in God's word, where Jesus modeled what that should look like. Now, in doing my research for this Bible study and reflection, I came across a blog post written by Heather Gillis in April of 2016. The subject was people in the Bible that showed kindness, and I'm going to share some of her thoughts with you now. Imagine if Pharaoh's daughter never took in Moses to care for him. We would never know the power of God's miracles that Moses was part of and the ability to use the unlikely. Imagine if Joseph took revenge upon his brothers instead of loving them. We would never know the power of compassionate forgiveness. What if Ruth didn't show kindness to Boaz? they would have never been married, and Jesus would not have been part of the lineage to King David. If the sinful woman never came to wash and anoint Jesus' feet, we would have never seen the power of forgiveness given through her faith. Because of the Good Samaritan's kindness, generations have been able to model him as an example of how to treat others. Jesus showed kindness to when he was here in the midst of humanity. We are called to be kind and loving to one another. The love God gives us is meant to be given and shared with others. There is no one kinder than Jesus. When he walked upon this earth, he showed us how to be kind to others in a way that goes beyond comprehension. He showed compassion on the lepers, the prostitutes, the lame, the forgotten. Jesus Jesus showed us there is no end to the kindness that can be given and should be given to everyone, everywhere, at any time. He showed the ultimate kindness by giving us the gift of eternal life by dying on the cross for our sins. How could unconditional kindness from you have an impact on someone that has been and is starved of kindness? This sort of kindness that Jesus modeled 2,000 years ago was difficult to comprehend then, and it is still difficult to comprehend and counterintuitive to our sinful human nature. It is our human nature to turn inward and focus our attention on ourselves. But we see in God's word where he did just the opposite and the joy others receive from his unconventional love was nothing short of miraculous. How will anyone know the love of Jesus if it is not shared with them? You are loved by a God who loves you. How, is kindness, how has kindness affected your life? How or in what way? I have personally witnessed the devastating effect on someone when no one is willing to share the love of Christ with them. And I've also witnessed the immeasurable joy someone experiences when that love is shared. You know, at the end of our church services on Sundays, when Pastor Metz says, go in peace, serve the Lord, that is our charge to share the love of Christ with others. While it may signify the end of the worship service, it should also signify the beginning of our daily service of sharing the love of Christ with everyone. Let us pray. Most merciful God and gracious Father, with the help of your Holy Spirit and through your Holy Word, you have equipped us to share the love of your Son, Jesus Christ, with all of our brothers and sisters. Help us to identify those in need and not turn a blind eye to them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And now go in peace and share the love of Christ with everyone.